In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 118, I Want to Break Free. I Want to Break Free by Queen! By Queen! Can we talk about this Gonzo video? Like, this is just amazing. It is. And I didn't realize until you just pointed it out, this was banned? It was banned on MTV. Didn't even know that. So don't beat yourself up if you don't know the video. Yeah! Because you, if you live in the U.S., you were not allowed. Your eyes were... It was decided for you. So I'm going to sh- give a link and you can see banned property. Should. As you should. Yeah. I also this week took the re- opportunity to rewatch Bohemian Rhapsody. <sighs> Good choices. Rami Malek. I mean, we love Rami Malek. So much. But this made me love him even more. It really does. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. His performance in that. Amazing. If and you yeah. didn't love Queen before that. I know. I feel like you would. After. It felt like a very joyful thing. It too. Did, like, yeah. you know, that they were a family and that they just really loved like making music uh-huh. and loved their fans. And that was really cool. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I also, I shared this with you earlier this week. I didn't remember that Freddie Mercury and I share something important in common, which is a love of cats. I forgot how many freaking cats there were in that movie. That's right. Yeah, There was a lot of cats. He had like five or six cats. Mm -hmm. And all I could think was, so I'm like Freddie Mercury. Like we're like, we're basically the same Same. person. Yeah. Take all the other things aside. Yep. We've got a weird extra empathy for cats that we can't shut off. Mm -hmm. So we're basically the same person. Yeah. I mean, you don't have teeth that are like parallel coming out of your face. No. That's one difference. No, and I'm not a man. Right. Yeah, that would have been the obvious first one, not the teeth. Uh And I cannot cannot sing. Mm. I, uh, yeah. There's a lot of things that are different. But but what? At at the heart of it, (laughs) the cat situation is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Yes. So an important identity reminder I think that I got this week I think it is why did you pick this song this week well why did I pick this song that's a great question I can't quite remember except that I was looking through my Spotify Mm -hmm. whenever I'm whenever we're looking for themes Uh I knew you know we're continuing our 80s pop riding that wave I have a couple playlists around 80s music Mm -hmm. in my Spotify Mm -hmm. one of which is very pop centric one has been very Stranger Things focused because they're all about the 80s music yeah yeah and they've featured quite a few Queen songs and this one just jumped out at me I was like this is terrific yeah because it's all about like wanting to wanting to break free of whatever you want to break free of yes choosing yourself yes I really like that idea me too choosing yourself yeah it's a great theme yeah 
rife with titles. Perfect I mean, for the middle of July. Yes. Choose yourself and go back inside. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, we you just talked about it a little bit, that this video got banned from MTV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Because of drag, which is insane to think about now. Yeah, that we have so many drag races, drag shows, like drag, drag is everywhere. Yeah, because if you, I, you many people probably haven't seen the video. They dress yeah. up in drag in the yeah. video, because initially the song was written for the women's liberation movement, which is amazing, fantastic. right? Fantastic, yes. But that sort of feels like did that was it really about drag or was it about something else? You kind of have point. to ask questions because it's the U.S., point. right? Yeah. Which made me think, why do you think that the U.S. in general struggles with progress, women's rights? I mean, we know we're taking some blows in the yeah. last couple of months. Yeah. Why does the U.S. struggle while other countries seem to be able to move forward or get it right on some level? I think there's a few things at play. One, we have always, from the start, had this concept of our of ourselves and our country is like the the bastion of freedom and you know the best there is Mm -hmm. so no matter where we go with that we're unwilling to look at any evidence that points to the fact that we may not be so we don't look at our history Uh we don't uh think about some of the really bad shit that has come about as as our country i think that lends itself to a false nostalgia i think like if you remember, even when Trump was running, someone asked him, like, you know, make America great again. W- when do you think America was great? And he's like, oh, the 1950s. I'm like, this is an issue because you're thinking the 1950s were this ideal, wonderful time for America. But you're looking at it from the perspective of a white man. And yeah, you were doing great in the 1950s. Women weren't doing great in the 1950s. Black people, gays, like everybody, everyone else mm-hmm. not doing great. It's this idea that things were so much better in the past or we need to um, we need to honor our traditions. We need to honor all these things that's coming from a place of inaccuracy, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think also... That makes a lot of sense, actually, yeah. I think also there's backlash. Because accountability is hard, Aaron. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. When we start calling people out, say, in Me Too scenarios, we start calling out men in power. That's hard. It when is you got to take consequences for your actions, ugh. It's so, hard, but it's only hard if you're scared that you did the same thing. And that's the issue. Right. I think a lot of people have been getting away with bad behavior for a long time, but they don't want to deal with it. So there's a backlash that means. Oh my God, I got called out. That means that there's cancel culture. That means that everyone else is just looking for anything. So mm-hmm. we got to reduce the rights of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was a long winded answer, but I think there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. No, I thought that, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought of it that way that you're right. We don't, we don't want to look at anything because no. of what we've decided to label ourselves. So we can't ever take in any evidence that's going to refute that yeah that's a very and yeah then of course you're looking back at history and that's why so many people i think don't want to learn like people are freaking out about critical race theory because yeah they don't want to look back at our history they Mm -hmm. think oh that's all done it's all good you know we've made progress everything's perfect now Mm -hmm. no they don't want to look at what actually our systems do what what has happened since then like how we're still reeling from that yes you know that kind of thing yeah absolutely Either way, good for you, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, good job, Freddie trying. Mercury. And you would have made hel- you would have held some people accountable. Yes, yes. Freddie. Yes, yeah. Gone too soon. <laughs> speaking of Freddie Mercury, yeah, let's keep speaking about Freddie Mercury. Yes, let's. He was a great artist, mm-hmm. and he seems to be more iconic in death even than in life. Mm-hmm. If you were going to be an icon, let's mm-hmm. picture it. Let's picture you as an icon. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to picture. Mm-hmm. For me, okay. it's not that okay. hard to picture. Okay. Right. I think for our listeners, it's not that hard to picture. Okay. All right. But picture you're going to be an icon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Would you want that to happen while you were living or after? Afterlife. 100% death. 100% after. <laughs> I am, Why is that? Because I'm going to disappoint you. Okay. I can't yeah, have yeah, that yeah. kind of attention. Yeah. I don't want to be the lead person for everything or be setting trends or be looking to have statements or you know feelings about everything like I just want to live my life so afterwards if you think it was great wonderful Mm -hmm. but during I can't I can't live with that kind of pressure I will buckle Mm -hmm. I will buckle and I will I this icon will crash hard (laughs) and everyone will be very disappointed will be disappointed yeah 
So because we best. don't allow our heroes to have any flaws. No. And because of that, I know that. And yeah. then I'm just going to get tarred and feathered. Wow. So yeah, I went way back. But Tar- you were going to be tarred and fe- your ghost was going to be tarred and feathered. Your effigy was going to be tarred and feathered. Well, if I, if you made me an icon while I was living. Oh, I see what you're they'd saying. They'd be like, okay, you're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be bad. Yeah, so that would be bad. just make it after death when I can't do anything else bad. Also, do you think we should bring tarred and feathered back as a It as doesn't a punishment? seem bad. Yeah. Although... It's hot tar, uh, It's right? going to be real hot. It's yeah. going to be gross. First, I was just thinking it'd be kind of funny to feather someone, but hot tar Maybe it's excessive. more like you put honey all over them or yeah, something. So yeah. it's not burning your skin no, off. No, it's just going to be really annoying. It's going to be really annoying, really gross. You're going to get a lot of bugs all over you. You're going to be dealing with it for days. For days. Clear your schedule. You're going to find honey in places you never thought possible. You're going to be burping feathers for weeks. <laughs> So, what do you think a feather burp tastes like? Not good. Not good. Dry. No. Yeah, dry. <laughs> dry. Kind of tickly. <laughs> I'm wondering now, after life, what we're going to consider you an icon as. I think one of business. Oh, you have yeah. so many yep. business ideas. Yep. Mm-hmm. So many excellent business ideas. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Icon of business for sure. One will be authenticity about parenting, because you are honest. Yeah. But it's tough. It's not easy. No. No. And I don't mean that in the cute way. Like we wrote no. a fun little poem about how it's not easy, but I still love my kids. I mean, like. There's sometimes. There's days where I am legit would be okay with not seeing them for a month. Yeah. Oh, I just have a deep needed fear. Deep needed fear wasn't quite right. Deep rooted there fear. You go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, That. I'm going to mess them up Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. or I'm going to murder them because they're the most annoying thing on the face of the earth. See, this soundbite right now is going to be one of the reasons you're an icon Mm because people are going to listen back to that be like, she was so honest. It was so real. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, put away your Instagram. (laughs) Put it away. I don't want to know about your summer activities. Oh, God, no. And I I guess we're at the point if it's not on Instagram, did it even happen? I don't know. Yeah. Just live your life. Live it. Mm-hmm. You know, I went into the summer. I'm not going to lie to you. As a parent, summer can be tough because you got to, you know, I work from home. You also have an entertainment factor. Yeah. You get this pressure about too much screen time. And Ugh. you know what I did this summer? I said, we're going in and we're doing whatever summer brings. Yeah. And it has been a delight. Well, yeah. what has summer brought so far? Reading. Excellent. It's brought outside time. Uh-huh. It's brought swimming. Mm-hmm. It's brought screen time, people. It has yeah. brought the screen time. Listen, we, we came up on a lot of screen time. Yes. We didn't have a lot of screens, but TV all the time was glued to that damn all thing. All the time. And we turned out decent. So fine. Yeah. Yeah. Friday night movie nights we've been having. It's oh, been great. Fantastic. Popsicles galore. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't get enough. Yeah. Just whatever happens, happens. Sometimes we eat lunch. Sometimes we don't. Because it's summer. And I don't mean that I'm starving my child. I mean because we had a huge <laughs> ass breakfast and nobody's hungry. Okay. So we're eating gummy bears all damn day. All day. Get them in my tongue. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like a great summer. Mm-hmm. It's also nice that like your like your youngest is getting old enough that he can drive a lot of the activities. Yes. He also still loves the library. That's loves wonderful. It. Yeah. Yeah. And he still willingly reads. Uh-huh. He's at a fun age where he's asking questions that are very like well thought out and like you Ooh, know, it's not critical just the, reader. Yeah, not yeah. just why, why, why. It's uh-huh. not that anymore. There's like some actual real thought process into what he's talking about. He's taken a couple coding camps. He's got a robot camp this week. I mean, things are Things are good. Things are good. And you know why? Because I gave up all the expectations. Yes. It's not going to go well. No, it's not. You cannot make your kids that structured. Good God, no. No. What's Evan been up to this summer? He has been, well, he's still had a lot of band camp because they march in the 4th of July parade. That's coming up. He's got some show choir stuff coming up. He's been doing a lot of screen time. He's been seeing friends. Good for him. Going to movies. We're Playing doing driver's music, ed. Doing stuff. Yeah. Oh, driver's ed. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep into that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. so it's a great summer is what you're saying. Yes. Because you let some of the expectations go. See ya. Beautiful. See ya. See, this is why you're going to be an icon. I hope so, because I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, th- we're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, and you're breaking free, and it kind of sometimes choosing yourself, this idea of self-care yeah. has become a trendy yeah. topic. Why do you think the idea of self-care is so revolutionary? What's so difficult about self-care that this felt like an amazing idea? Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm coming in hot this week. Because I had all that stuff about, like, you know, why the U.S. is not allowing us to move forward and stuff. Yeah. I got some similar hot 
takes Ooh. on self-care. Okay. So first off, I think it's wonderful that we're prioritizing treating ourselves better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's mm-hmm. great. Because when it comes down to, to it, we are not robots. We can't just work all the time without mm-hmm. rest or without taking care of ourselves. Right? right. Great. But I think there's a couple problems. One, self-care can become just another item on your checklist. Yes, it becomes another true. thing that mm-hmm. you have to be productive about and you have to maximize your self-care time and you have to do this and this and you're trying to achieve certain things in your self-care mm-hmm. time. And it just becomes another source of stress mm-hmm. that then you need better self-care for. Mm-hmm. So it's not really working, I think, the way we it should work. Right, you know what I mean? Right. But then I think another thing is it takes the onus off of our healthcare systems and government, puts it right back on us. It says, you know That's what? true. Our systems are broken. We don't have anything that works. They're riddled with racism and sexism. We got no money for you. So you got to figure out how to deal with our excess uh, focus on productivity and capitalism at all costs. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Wow, that's true. And so, you know, screw you if you can't figure it out. If you if if you just end up broken by our systems, whoops. It is. You didn't you practice go. enough self-care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then it becomes like a guilty thing. It mm-hmm. becomes like, oh, you don't have enough time in your life for this. Well, you got to make the time. So then it becomes a very much like a judgment-laden kind of thing. Yes. So good idea, but it's turned into crap, as yes. things often do when they're sort of when they sort of reach this like zeitgeist kind of thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's an interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. It, there's a definite pushback, and I think it happens a lot when there's economic struggles or there's. Uh, political struggles Mm -hmm. we feel so out of control we Mm -hmm. can't we can't control what trump is doing in the white house we can't control what was happening at the insurrection we can't control anything happening right now Mm -hmm. but we can control the things that we put on our face and the baths that we take and the all the things that we're supposed to do to take care of ourselves so it becomes so laden with like Mm -hmm. i have to take the pressure off the patriarchy mm-hmm. <laughs> to like I have to fix it I have to take care of myself because yeah. no one else is going to take care of me and there's nothing else I can control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just putting way too much on the idea of self-care is yeah what I'm saying. it's an interesting hot take of it that way but it's so true hot take that's why you're going to be an icon yes I think if we're going to be icons, we have to do it together absolutely yeah. dual icons yes iconography what we want to we want to have people build like altars to us. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I want like things where you change my clothes out. Like I'm oh, like, a, yeah. yeah, like you can collect <gasps> things to go with. I mean, that's oh, consumerism. Now I'm just a doll, but yeah. I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. You're an icon. Care. You get I'm to dictate icon. that. Mm-hmm. As long as you make sure that that is a licensed product and that money goes back to my estate, then you are fine. There you go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine little action figures of us? <sighs> They'd be great. Would we just have headphones and microphones mm-hmm. next to us? Mm-hmm. Would I have a coterie of cats surrounding me? I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 And we'd have a, a library like people could buy. Like the Barbie dream house, ours would be like the library. Yes. Like the big, huge library that we could then, that people can play with us in. Yes. It sounded weird, but you know what I mean. I knew it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. We can be arranging the books. Yes. We can be reading oh the gosh. books. We can be collecting books. Yeah. There's really options are endless. Yes. So look for that at Christmas time because we got to get that into production. (laughs) So kind of on a similar vein, Mm -hmm. when we say like you're choosing yourself, I think there's something about the society that we live in that sometimes that could maybe be seen as selfishness. Yeah. What do you think is the difference between choosing yourself and maybe being selfish? I think it all comes down to damage. If you are selfish... You're doing something, you're by choosing you, you're damaging someone else. Oh, if good you're choosing point. yourself, someone else is inflicting damage on you and you're taking yourself out of the situation. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. you're you're either way, you're either inviting the damage or you're like getting it out is the Ooh, way I look at it. So yeah. I think it gets confused because people don't like the idea that someone has agency or independence. They that don't like a, the idea yeah. that anyone at any time can say, that's that, you know what, that's not okay. I don't like that. And you yes. crossed a boundary. And we are not okay as a society with the idea that 
people's boundaries can be different. Yes. If I have certain boundaries, that doesn't mean this person next to me has those same ones. They might have different ones. Mm -hmm. And we're not okay with that like nuance or that idea that everything can be different. It's too scary. No, it's that idea of like, if I don't like a book, then I don't want anyone else to read it. Yeah. The the whole book banning thing. Yes. We can't allow other people to make their own decisions. You're right. And it makes me think of this quote. And I think I told you about, I've said it to you and I'm sorry, I don't, not gonna be able to give credit where it's due, but and it says, I don't have to set myself on fire to keep someone else warm. Yes. And I think that there's a lot of that idea or making martyrs of people. Yes. And we somehow value that. Like you sacrificed yourself to help this other person. But why is that valued? Why is mm-hmm. that good? Mm-hmm. Why is this person less valuable than that person? And why can't we figure out a way that's mutually beneficial for everyone? You're right. It all, in a way, it all comes down to competition. Again, yes. we're in competition against every other person mm-hmm. because of the way our society's built up, because of who we've become as people. Like mm-hmm. we can't allow someone else to have mm-hmm. agency, like you said, or or a certain say, or have a different take on things mm-hmm. than us. And we've assigned a moral, uh, ap- a moral number or moral idea yeah. to the idea of sacrifice. Oh, Somehow, man. certain sacrifices are. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're a hero. You sacrifice yourself. Oh, you moms, you're superheroes. You yes, sacrifice yourself. You yourselves. sacrifice everything. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know what, you shouldn't have to sacrifice yeah, you everything. Have to do that. That's not how it should be. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you less of a person or less of a mom. It just means we're going to take out this part that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Just like if you were a firefighter, yes, there's an idea that you could die in a fire. But if they were like, we guarantee that at the sixth fire, you're gone. <laughs> Who's doing that? Yeah. We're going to figure that there. out. There's we're going to be like, there. okay, you know yeah. what? We need to make better equipment. Why is it the sixth fire? Whatever. Why is it yeah. this? Yeah, exactly. But we don't do that with anything else. Nope. We're like, you just got to keep burning that candle at both ends. And if it yes. combusts, good sacrifice on your part. Yeah, what you did. Oh, what good a good you. person. What a saint. What a saint. Also, if we're going to be icons, we have to differentiate between icons and saints. Oh, I'm not a saint. Right? Don't, don't, don't put saints that evil weird. on you, Ricky There's Bobby. that... <laughs> Nope. I think that's that whole martyr thing that you were just yeah. saying, like yeah. sacrificing yourself when you don't need to. No. Whereas icons, we're going to be honored for the things that we do do. We did. You don't have to assign things to me that I did. No. Don't do that. Uh-uh. No. That's part of my iconic <laughs> status is that I can say, uh, no. Yeah. No. I love that Ricky Bobby quote that you just pulled out, by the way. Why can I say that a lot to That's each other? Wonderful. Put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you and I often exchange like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Praying to sweet baby Jesus. Baby I like Jesus, my Jesus in a tuxedo in shirt. A tuxedo. <laughs> I love the way they're talking to you, Chip. <laughs> He's wearing a tuxedo shirt because he likes to party. That was good. You even did the voice. That was great. I don't have that down. That was good. Well, John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Oh, well, we came hot in picks. with some hot picks. Hot takes, hot, for hot picks. Ticks, yeah. for, what, hot ticks? I, <laughs> I don't want a tick. So you don't have to get them hot to get them out of your skin, but I don't think that's what you're going for. Ticks terrify me, by the way. Yeah, there's so little many bugger. times I come in from mowing the grass and I feel like uh-huh. something right here, and I'm like, is that a bug bite? Is that a tick? What the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And it's always in a spot you can't see. Yes. So you can't adequately be like, oh, yeah. And no, so then I, I just pick at it, and mm-hmm. then it becomes inflamed. I'm like, it's definitely a tick. It's yeah. crazy. No, 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 it's just I just picked up my I'm picking own skin. at my skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! But they are terrifying. They and are they're terrifying. Quick. They are. They are quick. Like just a thing that latches on to you mm-hmm. and just is gonna suck you dry. Mm-hmm. Mike told me this week, and I'm sorry if you all know this. Fine, I didn't. That supposedly a daddy long legs oh, venom God. is the worst. What? It's the most <gasps> toxic, but their teeth are so small. That they can't do anything about it. It doesn't affect us the way it would. And that made me so sad. It is so sad. Because I kept thinking of little daddy little long legs daddy. rearing back their head, sinking their teeth in, and nothing happening. He's like, I got the most dangerous venom of yeah. And then just, oh. uh. I mean, I don't know. Because I feel like they probably die a lot after I think that. You're right. Because they try, they mm-hmm. think they are so badass, they can survive anything. But yeah. They can't. No. Mm-hmm. That's why they're known as daddy long legs instead of daddy mm-hmm. badass venom. Mason followed up with this follow-up question. Okay. What happens then if you swallow them? What? Because, you know, that thing, supposedly you swallow so many spiders in your sleep, okay. which I don't believe. I think it's an urban but Mason, myth. Mason, you're going to haunt my dreams now. That but is... then I was like, I guess I don't know. Is that enough venom? I don't know. Yeah. Does the venom get released as your stomach If it's about digests? the size of the teeth. Yeah. 
Or is it that their teeny tiny body doesn't have enough of it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I do know what you're yeah. saying. And you're right. There is a, a, a an inherent tragedy in little daddy long little legs daddy with the long most potent tragedy. venom. And no way to get it out yeah. there. And I, I don't know why, but I sort of assigned it the noise of like a squeaky toy. Like, <laughs> Like just like a oh, like that deflated like oh man. I instead thought of the SNL clip with Bo and Yang doing Daddy Long Legs for the <laughs> for the bug fair or whatever yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> he's like amazing. I put down my credit card and say Daddy's got it. <laughs> that was amazing. That was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, that was a side tangent. Oh well. Yeah, that's gonna haunt me Sorry. for a while. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. So for our hot picks, hot picks for a hot episode. I chose a book called Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. Mm -hmm. And this came out earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And remind me, have you read any of her books? I have not. Okay. But I know that you have and they're amazing. I only hear good things. No, I was just curious because there's a reason why I was asking too. Um, So overall, this is so full and lovely. It's a great book it's also a quick read really like okay. and in fact it might benefit from that quick read because of the ways that the timelines intersect okay so we start with edwin in 1912 he's left england he's been sort of run out by his family and he's now in canada and one day in a small town's forest he experiences this super strange moment where he's hearing these unfamiliar sounds in the middle of the forest and he's seeing all these lights and colors and even the sound of a violin. And it's like he's somewhere else for a brief moment and then it's gone. Then we jump forward to 2020 oh. and we have Morella, and she is at an event like an art, uh, art ex- exhibition and she's watching an old friend's childhood video of a trip to a Canadian forest and a very strange experience she has in this forest. Mm. Then it's 2203 and Olive is a writer and she's on a book tour. She's originally from the moon. There's a couple colonies on the moon now. Okay. So she's originally from there and she is touring Earth for a book that she wrote about a pandemic. And a pandemic is slowly gaining speed on Earth while she's doing this, like a different oh. pandemic. And one reporter out of nowhere on this press tour that she's doing seizes on this passage in her book where a character in her book is in an airship terminal and suddenly he hears a violin and he thinks he's in a forest. Okay. Then the final timeline. We're in 2401. Oh. And Gaspery is a detective in one of the moon colonies. Okay. But he's not just any detective. It's a secret time travel branch. And he's investigating a weird anomaly where people across time have seemed to converge on this forest in Canada oh. and this airship terminal where a person is playing a violin. This is just scratching the surface of what happens in this novel and the characters' experiences. It's so strange. It's so heartfelt. It's so propulsive. You're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And if you've read her past work, you see some characters and plots pop up. Mm. So like back in 2020, the characters that we're looking at, they were in the Glass Hotel. And the book, oh. the book that Olive is uh, promoting is basically Station Eleven that she wrote before. Interesting. So there's some really great stuff if you've read part of her library. Yeah. So I chose it for this theme because at some point, each of the characters has this really essential choice. And it revolves around what they should do versus what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Should they choose others or should they choose themselves and which one is right? And who is it right for? Is it right for themselves? Is it right for the world? There's some really weighty decisions mm-hmm. there. And people across the different timelines, they're making different decisions, but you're pulled in by each of them and you believe each of them and you root for each of the characters. And even though it's across time and there's a lot of mind bending stuff about why this is happening, you really get them. I I loved this. I think this is one of the first times that as soon as I was done reading it, I was like, I want to read this again, mm. knowing what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't because I had a full stack of books that I wanted to get to, yeah. but I have a copy of it that I'm going to return to, and I'm excited about that. This is truly just, this is what we're seeing right now or hearing right now is the downside of our podcast, which is once you've read it and mm-hmm. recommended it, it goes mm-hmm. to the bottom of my pile because <laughs> I'm not going to recommend it and I got to keep yep. up with the reading. Yep. So I'm like, oh, I'll get to that when I'm like 80. So, mm-hmm. Well, I have a copy. So Perfect. when you're 80, I'll, be, I'll have it for you. I'll be ready to go. Excellent. Good. You'll be full icon status by then. So much. So, well, I don't, I hope not. But you won't know it. Okay. Good. You'll have done the things, things that, that will are make, make you an me icon. icon. Okay. Okay. After I like you that. die. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
My fiction pick this week just came out end of May. And it's called The Latecomer by Jean Hant Corlitz. And if you, that name sounds familiar, she got a lot of recognition for the book The Plot. And so this is the next one. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the first one. As far as I know, I didn't read the plot. But this book's stories. This book's stories. Stories? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. This, this is why you're an icon. Uh-huh. Because you just said that and now you're going to redo it. I'm going to. I'm going to go right back. Try again. You're going to make this a mistake. story. And then you're going to correct it. Yeah. And I'm going to be okay that you're I made a mistake. You're going to accept it. And it's going to be fine. fine. Exactly. The wrong word came out. That is iconic. It's not a big deal. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> This story follows the Oppenheimer family. Oh, who shit. is Sallow, Mother Joanna, and the triplets who were born through IVF. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking I J. Know. Robert Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're I was like, nuclear about. bomb? What? Yeah, no. Uh, Harrison, Lowen, and Sally are the triplets. And their mom wanted them so bad. So they did this IVF, they had triplets. And despite the fact that their mom literally does everything in her control to make this a family with rituals and traditions and affection, the triplets want absolutely nothing to do with each other or really their mom and dad. Like the whole family is just basically disjointed. They're all just doing their own thing individually. Truly to say that they like tolerate each other is almost an understatement. It has almost turned into kind of like a hatred of even being around each other. Oh, wow. So right when they're embarking, getting ready to go off to college... The fourth Oppenheimer shows up because mom realizes that she doesn't want to be left alone. Dad's sort of otherwise engaged. And so they have a fourth baby. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. So this is sort of in the book. It's so interesting because it's just sort of mentioned and then you move Seems on because the triplets are like, oh, don't care. We're leaving home. Right. <laughs> so it's like the story progresses almost in short stories because you're following a different character sort of in each chapter and the timelines connect like you're always progressing forward. But it's almost like little vignettes. And there's so much humor in it, too, that that's why it kind of reminded me of short stories, because the story, it could be like a story itself in the, in that chapter. But then it also connects to the larger plot. Gotcha. I'm telling you that this is a very slow build. Okay. But so enjoyable. You're just following these people. It's great. But it's so deliberate because it maintains the seriousness the whole time, even with a humor where we talk about religion, we talk about family, we talk about sexuality. And there's this really interesting deep dive into family dyna- dynamics and what does create a family. Is it mm. just blood bonds? Can you force it? Is that possible? And if you're also different, is it possible to find common ground? And I chose it for this theme for a couple of reasons. One way, because they all kind of choose themselves. Mm-hmm. They just, they don't feel connected. They don't care about being connected. They don't see that as their purpose. So in one way, it's like we talked about earlier, that's kind of revolutionary for society. Like it, n- normally we would look at that and say, that seems selfish. Like yeah. you're all just going yeah. off and doing whatever. And you're not thinking about your family. But then in another way, we see that they are all kind of start to thrive in their own way, to find themselves, to find what really makes them happy. So I think that it's interesting because we watch these growth periods and although there might be selfish and unproductive ways in the end, they sort of end up at this place that you think that maybe they couldn't have gotten there any Mm -hmm. other way. So it's really, um, it's a little bit longer, but like I said, it's really entertaining along the way and you kind of don't even realize some of this stuff is happening until after the fact, but it's so clever. The conversations about religion and, uh, Social dynamics and class dynamics are so interesting. And the way that she plugs them in is great. Like they're Jewish and one of the triplets is at college and he makes friends with these four Christian guys and they want to, they don't understand Hanukkah. They don't understand Seder. So they want to go to a Seder meal. So he takes them. He asks for permission to sign up. And then the whole thing that ensues, that whole chapter was just a delight because Ooh. it just goes sideways and it's wonderful. <laughs> and But that also connected to a lot of other things. So it's so interesting. I really like her writing style. I'll definitely probably now read the plot just because I fell in love with the humor of it and the... It reminded me of a Wes Anderson film oh, in a lot of ways. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you're a fan of those, yeah. this is going to, yeah, definitely, okay. you're definitely going to like that. But it's kind of that hearty family dynamic book mm-hmm. that we, you know, usually get one of in a book cycle, it hmm. seems like. I like that idea, too, of examining if, like, you do things that 
are against your family or, or not necessarily what a family may want or something is that selfish or is that choosing yourself that's right. huge yeah. yeah and it's interesting the the place that the fourth um sibling plays because it plays against that like what happens when you're not meant to be something, but you end up doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Like what happens if you're the person that buys into all the family stuff that mom's been pushing this whole time, even though she didn't push it with you? Like there's so many interesting ways that this goes. Mm -hmm. And I think you could, so many people could find something to relate to in it. Excellent. Yeah. It was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also triplets. Good Lord. Can you imagine? That's terrifying. Yeah, right so terrifying i mean just carrying them carrying three in your belly yeah rough yeah and we start i mean we start where they met where mom dad meet we go through her pregnancy with her you know and they are very wealthy so they're able to have nurses and stuff to help her but it's very it's Whew. it's a delight let me tell you that it's kind of like one of those things that like danger or careful what you wish for because you want a kid and here's three yes here yes, you go very much so yes Whew. Well, for nonfiction, I've got a book called Tranny, Ooh. Confessions of Punk Rock's Most Infamous Anarchist Sellout mm. by Laura Jane Grace. And this came out in 2016. And this is a memoir from the lead singer of the punk band Against Me. Mm. And it follows Laura as a young teen boy in Florida in the 90s who finds his people in a band. And that band is one of those bands that's like scrappy and underground. Mm. And, you know, everyone loves it because it is scrappy and underground. And then suddenly it's not. Mm. It gets it becomes a success. And that pisses a lot of fans off. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of ideas about sellouts. and nah, nah, nah. It's this weird impulse that happens in music fandom. Like you can't get too big or, oh, I don't like you anymore kind of right, thing. Right. It's like that idea of discovering a gem and you want that gem to stay, you know, the same. Right. And how dare you evolve or change yeah. or grow big, grow famous, make Rude. some money at it. Rude. Rude. So the band grows and it succeeds. And along the way, they have some legal troubles and there's rotating members. A lot of things that happens with bands, right? And there's some angry fans who are so angry, they make it their mission to turn their shows ugly. Oh. Great. Good, good impulse, yeah. music fans. Jesus. And then underneath that story is Laura's story. Through her childhood, through like acting out, through drugs, she's struggling hard with figuring out her identity. Mm -hmm. And it's a painful process, but one that she increasingly understands as she's writing journals, just frenetic journals as she's touring and going to shows and things like that, and even some of her song lyrics. And then in May of 2012, Laura introduces herself very publicly as a trans woman in Rolling Stone. And then shit gets even weirder. So this is a memoir, but it also has journals, it has art, it has song lyrics, all to tell Laura's story. And I chose it for this theme because when she came out with her story back in 2012, celebrities sort of publicly trans were pretty limited back then. I know it's only 10 years ago, but it, mm -hmm. it felt like a very different world. And in the rock and punk world, there was no one like this. So this was a massive choosing of herself. Mm -hmm. She knew that there might be repercussions to her fame, to the future of the band, because our society is the way it is. It wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be fair, but she wanted to do it and mm -hmm. she did it. And I, I think that this book overall, if you're a music fan, great. You're going to get a lot out of this. Even if you're not, though, this is a great memoir. It's written really cool. Mm. Like I said, there's a lot of different methods of the writing. It's just someone discovering themselves, being able to look back at some of your journals and be like, oh, I get that now, like mm. why I felt that way and mm -hmm. how that's relating to who I am now. Mm. And it's it's great insight, too, into a unique world and a unique experience and highly recommend it. Oh, Sounds good. Fits perfectly for this week's theme. Yeah, yeah. And it is nice that, you know, they have continued to have success against me. And Laura Jane Grace has become a sort of icon in her own right. Oh, wow. Um, it, with the band and, and outside of the band. And uh, yeah, so I think choosing herself was a very good move. Smart decision. Yeah. Well, for my other genre, it's a nonfiction book this week called Rogues, True Stories of Grifters, Killers, Rebels, and Crooks. Ooh, Patrick Radden Keefe. It is. Ooh, Patrick Radden Keefe. So excited for that one. We both, you know, we both have love for him. Yes. Um, 
Amy recommended Say Nothing. Yes. And I recommended Empire of Pain. Mm -hmm. So if you've read either of those, you're very familiar with his in-depth style, his great writing. Would you say this is a triple crown? I don't know what that sport analogy means, but... Maybe. 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 I don't know. I think I'd save that for his next like book because okay. this is a okay. collection of like his in-depth long pieces oh, that he's written gotcha. okay, okay. about individual things. Oh, cool. And some of them in the form that maybe they didn't appear in in the publication, like if he had to cut things or whatever. Oh, cool. Okay. And some of it even you're kind of getting some of the backstory of how he ended up with that assignment or why it was interesting to him. Um, so th- they're each... Uh, essay or chapter is a different story or about someone else Um, and it's a deep dive usually into like this really intriguing but also kind of secretive part of life like you're gonna meet a mob sister who turned on her brother and she's gonna take him down Um, you're gonna meet a person who somehow manages to forge a $150,000 bottle of wine and get people to believe that it was Thomas Jefferson's and buy it yeah (laughs) You'll encounter some other familiar people like Anthony Bourdain and mm. El Chapo, if you're familiar. Oh. And it's truly a delight, like all of his writing is. I love the way that he really takes apart a subject and just deep dives into it. Um, and you still see that here, even though they're shorter pieces of work. But I picked this because all of the characters in here picked themselves in some way that we might at first say probably wasn't great, right? Hmm. They're choosing themselves. Either their greed or their need to be liked or whatever it was, they chose themselves. But they're also kind of breaking the mold in all of these stories of what we expect a criminal to be. And I think he's doing a good job of sort of showing another side, that it isn't always just what we expect drives a criminal, like greed or fame or power, that sometimes there's other things that drive people that can be as dangerous and can make them make bad decisions, Mm. but also make them more human. So I I thought it was great. I flew through it. Um, Like, I mean, we both love his writing, so it's not a surprise, but... It was it was very interesting. That's and awesome. Just some of his stories, even of what he's done and people he's interviewed, was just amazing. What a cool beat he sort of created for himself. Yes. Just big weirdos in a lot of ways. So much. Yeah. yeah. These opportunities and some of the people he got to interview or talk to or research. I'm like, are you? That's insane. Wow. Like I can't imagine. It must be so interesting. What it reminds me of is, did you ever watch Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? You know I did. And you know how you'd be like breaking down the mystery through I the episode? I played that video game. I played yeah. that computer game, I should say. Yeah. yeah. I had books where you did me like too. the mystery you do with the, the cards. Oh, God, I oh. loved that so much. And atlases and things yes. like that. Oh. God. They were great. Yes. Yeah, it's it was like, such a nerdy thing that we did, and I is. loved it. I loved every minute yes. of it. Oh, my gosh. Those were great. Solving it. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of it reminded me of that. Like, he gets to go through these mysteries and get these pieces and solve it. Wow. I was like, oh, it's so fascinating. You're right. Yeah. Modern day, where is Carmen Sandiego? Yes. Where is Patrick Radden Keith? <laughs> Getting the scoop. That's where he is. He's also on Seth Meyers because he was on recently. I don't know if you yes. happened to see. Okay. Yeah. Because this just came out June 28th. Okay. So I'm assuming he's been doing some press and yeah. whatnot for well, it. Well, in the Seth Meyers interview, he revealed that I think after the El Chapo story came out, El Chapo contacted him. And was like, hey, you're going to do my memoirs. Yeah, that was in the book. Okay. Like all about how he had to be like, yeah, no, I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, like, and then was... they kept assuming like, so when you write the memoirs. Yeah. And he's like, uh. Not doing not, that. No, 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 no. This yeah. isn't good. Yeah. And all because like he said, he wrote the piece about El Chapo assuming El Chapo would never see it right. or read it. And somehow did and decided that he liked he was what he wrote. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I mean, that's cool that he chooses you and also terrifying. Yeah. And I, I believe that he said that he assumed someone, he part of what he assumed was that he wouldn't read it because I think he's illiterate. Like, I don't think oh. that El Chapo is very, like, has that skill. So well, El Chapo has people who can do that for right. him. That's yeah. what he discovered. But man, that also people means he willing. could be taken advantage of. Uh-huh. Oof. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know why I'm suddenly feeling sympathy for. No, I don't think you have to. Yeah. Okay. I think he's kind of, he's sort of dug his own grave. (laughs) 
metaphorical and literal. And literal, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, sounds great. That was on my list. And unfortunately, I know you've already recommended. I may still have to read it. I may have oh, to take should. time yeah. out yeah. of the yeah. reading list and do and it. You could do it slow because you could do each piece. Yeah, good you know, call. Or yeah. you could skip around if it. Yeah. If one didn't interest you, you could kind of skip around and do something That's a different. Point. It's almost like a collection of short stories or essays yeah. then in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But nice. his typical writing style, which is a delight. He's wonderful. Delight. Yeah. He is wonderful. You know what else is wonderful is oh. my pop culture pick. Hit me with it. I have been wanting to talk about this for a while, oh. and it is Severance. You have been wanting to talk about this for a while. Yes. I have been singing the praises of this damn show. Mm -hmm. Uh, This came out earlier this year. Mm -hmm. There are nine episodes all done on Apple TV Plus. There is a second season coming. Um, There's nothing like this show. It is amazing. So Adam Scott, who we know and love as Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec, from Party Down, Everything he does, I love him so much. So good. He was the reason I wanted to watch this. I wasn't quite sure what the show was going to be, but I love me some Adam Scott. You're like, I am a loyal Adam Scott fan. And he did not disappoint. Good job, Adam Scott. Adam Scott plays Mark. And Mark works at a company called Lumen. And Mark has chosen to have a procedure called severance, which means that when he is at work, when he steps into the elevator to his floor at work, a chip in his head is red and his conscious self that lives outside in the world is gone. And now he is Mark who only lives in the office. So there's an Audi Mark and there's an Innie Mark. And these are two separate people. Now, why would he do this? Mark, on the outside world, he's grieving. Uh, He's lost his wife a couple years ago, and he's still in huge pain. And the idea that he wouldn't have to think about it for like eight hours a day is just intoxicating to him. Of course, he doesn't think about the fact that he doesn't remember any of that, so it's like instant back to his life, and the grief is still there. Mm -hmm. He's not working through the grief, but this is what he does. So the result is, though, that he has no idea what he does for a job. He has no idea who he works with. He has no idea what the office looks like. He has no idea what Lumen does, really. On the opposite side, Mark inside work, the any Mark, he has no idea who he is outside. He has no idea why he exists. Like, why would that Mark do this? He only experiences work. He doesn't experience weekends, evenings, doesn't experience his home. This is it. And his co-workers are the only people he's ever met. And one day he shows up to work to find that his best friend and co-worker Petey has supposedly left the company. And there's a new person that he has to manage now. And this new person is Helly, who we see from the moment that she wakes up. And it's her first awareness. And she, we witness that she is trying to accept that, oh my God, this is my life now. I don't know who I am, but I have to work here. This is all I ever do. And it's, there's some dangerous consequences there. Now, on the, the rest of the team, there's Dylan, who is all about making quota and getting prizes like a waffle party. There's nothing else better in the world than a waffle party. So I'm going to make my quota to get there. I mean, I've never been to a waffle party, but... Sounds pretty good. It doesn't sound like it'd be bad. <laughs> there's Irving, who is John Tuturo, who believes in Lumen hard. And the story behind it, like Lumen is basically his religion. So he wants to do the best possible job he can until he meets another person named Bert, who is Christopher Walken. And they start a relationship. Then there's Milchek, who is one of those middle managers that really smile and talk about work culture. But you get this sense of like menace. You get the sense that the smile is not reaching the inside of the body, that there is something real freaky and scary there. And then there's Ms. Cobell, who is Patricia Arquette, who is the scariest fucking boss I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that seems perfect for her. She's yeah. absolutely wonderful uh-huh. in this. So that's this strange setup, right? There's the question of what they actually do in their job and at Lumen. There's the idea behind Lumen and the founder who's treated with a very cultish reverence, especially as you keep going in the show. You're like, there is something strange here. There's very strange punishments for not doing your job correctly. And over the course of the season, things get insane as the innies start to rebel and the outies start to question more what is going on at work. There are some 
absolute shockers of moments. Not many things make me like super surprised. I got really surprised multiple times. There's a lot of intense feeling and empathy towards everyone, innies, outies. There's fascination with some of these figures. And there's a finale that is like legit, like heart in the throat the whole time. It is mm. just. I can't recommend this enough. Um, This comes partly from Ben Stiller. He directs a lot of this and he helped uh, write it. Um, And there will be additional seasons because it's gotten quite, quite a buzz for this. So I chose it for this theme because the innies in particular aren't sure what to think about their Audi's actions and why they exist, really. But over time, they have to think about themselves as separate people with needs and wants that they want to take care of, no matter what happens to the Audis. And if they want something different, they may have to end up choosing themselves. And the Audis, they have to start dealing with their choices to undergo this severance procedure. And they have to decide if they want to keep it up or not. So a lot of figuring out if you're going to choose yourself, you're going to choose this weird-ass company, if you're going to choose your innie, your Audi. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Woo. Adam Scott. What more can you say? What more can you say? I think Adam he got an Emmy Scott. nomination and he, or a, yeah, an Emmy I mean, nomination. Yeah. And he, I'm he glad he did. It. Yes. Good. So did For Patricia him. Arquette and she deserves it. Well, I uh, picked a, a documentary this week and it's also on, oh no, you said Apple TV. This is on HBO. It's called Undercurrent, The Disappearance of Kim Wall. And you might have heard of this. Um, it's directed by Aaron Lee Carr, who did I Love You, Now Die, Mm. and some other ones that have been really popular. She's a very well-documented documentarist. Is that Uh, a word? Yes, yes. Okay. Go for it. I felt like I said documentary like a lot of times and then added other ends, (laughs) and it didn't. It works. Okay. It works. You are achieving icon status in how you are doing this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well-lauded. Yes, well-lauded. Amazing. Anyway, so this is the story of Kim Wall, who is a Swedish journalist. She has done crazy things, war-torn countries. She's done all kinds of stuff. So she gets this job, She and she kind of thinks it's going to be a fluff piece about Peter Madsen, who's this guy who's been really well-respected. Um, he He's building a submarine himself. Oh, it's this story. Oh, yeah. you were telling a few mm-hmm. of us about this. Yes. He's yeah. building a submarine, and he's getting all kinds of accolades because he has all these great ideas, these really <laughs> forward-thinking ideas. So he's going to take her for a ride on the submarine he built. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking, right, let's do this fluff piece. Sure. Easy. Easy. Yep. No problem. And then she dies. Uh-huh. So... Right away, we have a problem because there's two people on the submarine, and this happens in who did in, it? Yeah, in Copenhagen. So first thing Peter says is, "No, she. I dropped her off. We finished the submarine. I dropped her off, and then I went back out." Well, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't think of this in modern day, but they checked some cameras. Guess what? There was no drop off. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. he says. Oh, she just jumped out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> like, what? Peace out. Yeah. So things are getting like progressively weird. And in the meantime, they find some things on the submarine. They find some things in the ocean. Oh and none God. of this story is making sense. And it's pretty clear that Peter Matson killed her. Uh-huh. We're just not sure of the motive. We're not sure why. And this leaves everyone reeling because all of these journalists have done stories about him. There's a book written about him. All of these people just thought he was this amazing yeah. guy. And they're all kind of in the documentary still a little bit like, how did I miss the signs? And then they start talking to some ex-girlfriends and some people that knew his inner life better. And they say, no, he had this sort of taste for death. And they could never quite put their finger on it. And so they start revealing that part of his personality. And it becomes clear. Yeah, like some odd behaviors. Okay, okay. So he... It seems as though he finally just snapped and decided that he wanted to do this. But everybody's still reeling because how is there no buildup before someone just snaps like that in such an odd way? So it's really an exploration of that more than anything else is like, what makes a person tick and how did we miss these signs? Mm -hmm. And was he just really good at covering this up? Is there other people? Did other things happen? Or is this a one-off? And what the heck? Why did we choose to do that? So it's really interesting, all these different viewpoints of people. It's interesting to talk to the journalists who are covering his trial and the things that were being said. And I picked it for this theme because, oddly, 
I felt like he had this, he wanted to break free. He had this part of himself that he knew was dark. And it's like he was so tormented, he couldn't hide it anymore. And it came out. He wanted to break free from this idea that he had to be a certain thing. Just, just not great. Just not in a great way. Yeah, not yeah, a great way. Just no. didn't play out really well. Also the audacity of just be like, yeah, I dropped her off. It's cool. He literally, there's a, there's a clip in there of, from news stations of him just walking like to a car. He's like, oh, I dropped her off. And he's like in a suit or like in a, you know, like a. Just the idea that like whatever I say, people are going to believe it's fine. Yeah, I dropped yeah. her off. Uh, yeah. As if a submarine's an Uber. Like you brought right. the submarine back. It came up. You uh-huh. dropped her off. And then you're like, see ya. I'm going yeah. back out. Yeah, that's Wait, not. what? That's not how it works. No. I have limited knowledge of submarines, but that doesn't seem right. Yeah. It just, no. And, you know, of course, her family is devastated. You know, she did all this crazy reporting and war torn places and survived and then for this fluff piece yeah. to sort of be the thing that takes her out so really interesting story there's a lot in there about agency hmm. independence and also our willingness kind of like you said at the beginning to sort of ignore things yeah. if there's something greater over here yep. like we think he's doing all these things so he couldn't possibly be that guy right yeah and i think that's part of what took people a minute to get there like well he, why would he that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. he's got he's rich he's got this big submarine he's building more why would he do that and i think there's a part of like not wanting to believe someone that we like has a dark side but also not wanting to believe that we missed it yes you know? yeah we all think that we're would be the best at that yes. right like i would have seen something right. yeah not true not really no people are very good at hiding things yeah also should we build a submarine probably I have no knowledge of engines or I did have a couple follow-up questions during the documentary, which was, what do we need a submarine for? (laughs) I mean, why a submarine? Outside of like submarines we already have for marine research and stuff. But it doesn't feel new. No, unless you're engaging in, you know, Hunt for Red October 1989. Like, why are we building a submarine? Yeah. It did feel a little bit like someone came and was like, I invented a train. And everyone's like, uh, no. Nope, nope, nope. That's nope, been that's around, around. He's like, no, listen, though. Mine goes on a track. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what makes yep, up a yep. train. Mm-hmm. Well, I built mine. So <laughs> everybody should be excited. There's a little element of uh, Elon Musk audacity with this guy. Very yeah. much so. There was a lot of, yeah, I don't know what that says for Elon Musk, but there was a lot of little ripples that you were mm-hmm. like, okay. Which, by the way, hmm. side topic, mm. Elon Musk. Yeah. It took some guts. It sure did. To say that we're underpopulated. <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't hear this. I thought we were talking about Twitter. What oh, was the too, underpopulated? But, yeah, he said this week that it's we're underpopulated what? on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, do that, man. I don't know if you want more people because you think more people are going to buy Teslas, but you're wrong, bud. I think because someone was coming at him about the number of kids he continues to have, and he was like, well, we're underpopulated. And everyone's like, wait, what? And then it was just like, I'm Elon Musk, and I leave. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? First, he's probably built a submarine, and there's all sorts of weird shit going on in there. You know, know, sex parties and whatever. Um. But also, I wonder, I don't know why I'm trying to give him the benefit of a doubt if he's thinking about like the U.S. because we're sort of spread out a little bit more. But it doesn't it track. It could be. It doesn't it could track. Be. Yeah. And to be fair, I'll be honest, I read like two paragraphs. I didn't do a deep dive. So don't we at don't me want to. if that's not entirely what it no. is. I'm just saying that he said something along those lines. And, and it's, it's just Elon the latest in a series of weird ass things that he says. Yeah. Yeah. And also, let's get back to Twitter, how he's just like, whoops, sorry, nope, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and then there's a really cynical part of me that wonders if that was all done on purpose yeah. to drive up all the things at Twitter, like that was never actually going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What a he's weird a world. He's a shady, shady dude. Well, I mean, yeah, very. Again, like you said many episodes ago, started with a great idea, then got too full of himself. Yes. Now he's going to space and penis rockets. And saying we're underpopulated. Yeah. Just spreading his seed everywhere. Just do good. Just do good. You know what? Your Tesla, from what I hear, people love him. Yeah. You could have stopped there. And like you said, if he was a woman, he would have perfected that damn Tesla. Yeah. And not gone about getting penis rockets. Right. But instead, he went the other route. Yeah. Because that's what we do. Yeah. And assume that because he had one good idea, he assumes that all of his ideas are good. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Which is also not true. But it's a very... 
Yeah, and again, that do. returns to the thing about like <laughs> when we view our past with America. We had a one good idea and we're like, we're riding that for 250 years. Forever. Forget everything else. Yeah. And don't you dare indicate that history is not what we say God it is. God damn it, no. How dare you? How dare you? 1776 is a religious principle. <laughs> it's and let's gold. just forget the 1800s. It's fine. Yeah. I also have been having this little bit of a fantasy of oh. like our founding fathers coming back. And oh, just yeah. Showing yeah. up and being like, would you stop using my name? Yeah, would you stop it? Please? I never said that. I don't agree with that. We <laughs> knew it was going to change. We're not dumb. Like, listen, we were not like super sexually attracted to guns like all of you guys are. No. We did not care we that did not much. That. And we knew that this piece of paper was not infallible. Right. Because we had be slaves things. ourselves. So yeah. we knew there was some hypocrisy there. We knew things were going to change. We knew it. Just like you in 2022 know that. That in 2203, things mm-hmm. are going to look different. Yeah, they're going to look a lot different. Yeah, And yeah. we are aware of that. So mm-hmm. we're not trying to create laws for them. So if you could please stop referencing me. Please stop it. And also, we didn't say anything about masks. You should wear masks, dummies. Yes. Yeah. We didn't say anything about that. We didn't that. say anything. We also did not say anything about your body. No. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't say anything. We didn't. We did not say a word. No. No. And... It's a good point. I wonder if they look at some of the, uh, you know, acolytes of 1776 these days and be like, huh, huh. This is what happens when you're an icon after death and people twist your shit. I'm sure that they're freaking out. Like, I created a colony to get away from religious oppression. And and now look at this. Yeah. They're probably losing it. They're doing that thing that we do where you're like, no, that's not what I meant. Exactly. They're just in whatever <laughs> looking other at, world. And they're looking like, at our money that says in God we trust. And they're like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? And then they're arguing because one of them got put on the nickel. And yes. they're like, come on, <laughs> nickel. Like, why is me? Why is that my face? Why'd they choose that picture? Yeah. Come on now. Get it together. I took so many better pictures. Mm-hmm. And by pictures, I mean paintings or, you know, yeah, the right, thing that's right, happening right, right, in right, right, 1776. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a fun thought to think about. It is a fun thought. I like that a lot. I just like that. I like picture. them appearing as ghosts too, and like mm-hmm. maybe talking to you know yeah. these dudes. Be like seriously, I mean, get think your about shit together. The insurrection, and they yeah. just show up, and they're like, "What are you up to? <laughs> what are you up to?" That'd be great if the public hearings revealed, like, look, we have proof of ghosts too, and here they are. Here it is, telling these insurrectionists to Those get the doors fuck out. Just swing open, and they yes. come down like apparitions just come down to the front, and they're like, "Y'all are nuts! <laughs> Why are you wearing that weird boar helmet thing that you got yeah. on, buddy?" Also, can we meet the lady with the voting things? The one that said, "How yes. about that?" I would like to meet her in person. I'm interested. <laughs> and also, what did Rudy Giuliani have in his hair? That's what they're going to ask. Mm-hmm. And also... Why is his face melting? <laughs> I see farting publicly multiple <laughs> times. I'm trying to blame it on a lady. <sighs> oh, boy. All that stuff happened. All that I mean, stuff happened. I mean, outside of the ghost situation. All that stuff happened. <laughs> Maybe the ghosts happened. We don't know. I would believe it at I this would point. totally believe it. I would believe it. it and I would really hope for it to be real. Yeah. So far, one of my favorite things from the hearings is... He threw his lunch at the wall, and they were like, "He threw his lunch at the wall," and she's like, "Well, that was normal." Yeah, that's like what happened. Why all is the everyone time. here shocked about that? Yeah. That seems pretty on par. No, he does that a lot. Yeah, like that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is then he tried to choke someone, <laughs> and then he also tried to take a limo over. Those are the crazy parts. Yeah, but we yeah. focused on the burger yep, on the wall on because that, that yeah. seems like the worst. Hmm. That's where we're at. That's where we're America. At. I want to break free of America. I know. America. Freddie Mercury, we need you now more than ever. Yes, Freddie, come back and help us. Maybe, Maybe Rami Malik be. should just become Freddie Mercury. <gasps> oh, I, I, I could be down for that. Yeah, yeah, just in everyday life, that's what yeah. he's doing. Oh, we kind of need that. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, too. I, think, I don't know if Rami is, but I, I'm going to speak I, for him and yeah, say it's fine. I think you need to do the country a favor, so <laughs> don't choose yourself in this situation. <laughs> It's only fine when we choose ourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next time where we will will have chosen other picks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And ourselves, as always. Or something. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what we mean. (laughs) You know how we do. (laughs) (laughs) So until then. Happy reading. up again same night 
another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. Cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just. It's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.